Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I'm so happy that you are joining me here today. You know, Colleen, it sounds weird to say I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, because really, it's Colleen Kessler who's the host. (laughs) I have been for a few months here. It's been so much fun. Yes, it has. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here I like to call it the Pam Barnhill School of Podcasting, but it was probably more like a torture chamber for you. (laughs) (laughs) It was not. It was not a torture chamber. It was definitely a learning experience and a lot of fun to have an excuse to talk to you more regularly than I get to usually. Isn't that the truth? Yes, love that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for kind of picking up the reins and doing such a fabulous job this season with, you know, your hosting duties and all of the people that you've spoken to and the interviewing, it's just been really great. So I thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we have one last special conversation from Colleen today with Amy Milsick. So Colleen, what did you and Amy chat about? Well, first of all, this was probably, I had so much fun with all the different guests this season, but this was one of my favorites. Amy and I are friends and We've spent a little bit of time together at a couple different retreats, and it was it was really fun to get to talk homeschooling with her. We talked a lot about bringing fun into your homeschool, but also bringing fun on the road because Amy is a big sports mom. She's the mom of five boys, two of whom are really heavily into competitive sports, and they go to tournaments like in different states. They are traveling big time. Okay, this is good because we have actually had a few listener emails where they've asked us to talk to a mom who has kids who are really involved in competitive sports and kind of the benefits of homeschooling those kind of kids, but also some of the challenges that come even with homeschooling with having kids who are so deeply involved in these kinds of things. So I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation for everyone and we'll get on with it right after this word from our sponsor. Give the gift of music this Christmas with Maestro Classics Stories in Music. These beautiful recordings created in the style of Peter and the Wolf contain classic tales and educational tracks featuring storytellers with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Choose from over a dozen titles, including our holiday favorite, The Nutcracker, winner of the 2016 Parents' Choice Gold Award. All CDs with 24-page activity books are on sale now for only $11.95, with free shipping in the U.S. And as a Homeschool Snapshots listener, you can take an extra 17% off sale prices by using coupon code PAM at checkout. This is the perfect time to try Maestro Classics with your curriculum and give a fun educational gift to family and friends this Christmas. CDs are expected to sell out, so act fast. Visit maestroclassics.com today. That's maestro, spelled M-A-E-S-T-R-O, classics.com. And remember to use the coupon code PAM at checkout for an additional 17% off all Christmas sale prices. And now, on with the podcast. Amy 
Vilsick is a homeschool soccer mom to five boys who loves to find creative ways to boost learning fun. Before becoming a mom, Amy worked as a mental health therapist for individual, group, and family counseling. She's extremely grateful for those skills as she finds herself using them every single day. Her two older boys attended public school for a few years before beginning their homeschooling adventures. A period of de-schooling helped all family members reconnect and rediscover the joy of learning. It was during this time that Amy realized the benefits of homeschool fun. Amy uses her love of planners to make sure homeschool learning fun happens at home and on the go. When she's not at the soccer fields or up to her elbows in a homeschool fun project, Amy blogs over at Rock Your Homeschool, where she shares encouragement and learning fun activities. Amy, welcome to the show. Hey, Colleen. I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be a fun conversation. I'm super excited too. Yes. And we have some exciting news for our listeners. So make sure you all stick around to the end of the podcast because you're going to want to hear this. All right, Amy, before we get started, will you tell me and the listeners a little bit about your family? Sure. My husband, Stu, and I met at Grove City College. So we are officially Grovers and we have been married for 17 years. We have five boys. Their ages are 15, 12, 8, 6, and 3. And we are a soccer family that is frequently on the go. Yes, five boys. I bet you are really, really busy, especially with that soccer. It's travel soccer, right? So you don't just stick around the neighborhood. You go like far, right? Oh, yes. We are. We currently live near Pittsburgh and we travel now anywhere out to Cincinnati, Ohio. We will be going to Michigan, Maryland, Virginia, all over the East Coast, pretty much with my older two and their competitive teams. Wow, that is amazing. I thought I had it bad just driving 40 minutes to the theater every day for my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes life interesting, especially trying to uh, get everywhere where they need to be when they need to be there. Yeah, I imagine that it takes some planning that's like almost like tactical maneuvering and triangulation to figure out who's got which one covered and who's going where with whom. Absolutely. And really good communication skills. <laughs> I'll bet. Oh, my gosh. So tell us a little bit about how you got started homeschooling or like what made you decide to homeschool in the first place? Because you said your kids, your oldest two started out in school. Yes, they did. We started homeschooling about six years ago. My oldest went through third grade and my 12-year-old went through first grade. There was a variety of reasons why we started homeschooling, but the main reason was that my oldest has a congenital eye defect called morning glory disc anomaly, and it only allows vision in his left eye. Over the years, as as the level of schoolwork became more intense, he started to get a lot of migraines and that caused him to be sick in school. And we were not getting a lot of cooperation with the school. And he was also suffering from anxiety due to the migraines. He would be worried that he would get sick. And this was just causing a lot of problems. So after a lot of prayer and discussion, my husband and I decided to pull him out of public school and start the homeschooling adventures. And each one just followed in suit. (laughs) I think that that sometimes happens, right? One of the kids has a specific need and we just find as homeschool families that it's not only easier, but just so much better for the family to just have everyone home. I know we started like 
it was going to be kid by kid, year by year. And then after a couple of years, we're like, this is ridiculous. We would never want to go in 45 different directions with a whole bunch of different schools. Yes, that's exactly it. And once my oldest started, the younger ones just saw how much fun he was having with learning and they all wanted to be together. So it's just it was just a natural occurrence for our family. Yeah, and I love that. Like I said in your bio that you had that period of de-schooling that really brought your family back together and reconnected them. And I think that that connection with family is so important and something that's really overlooked in our society right now. You know what I mean? Oh, I completely agree. And my boys will tell you that they are each other's best friends. And I just love watching their relationships develop. And I really look forward to a lifelong, hopefully, relationship as brothers that they can just rely on each other like they've been learning in our homeschool. Yes, definitely. Okay, so this question I'm actually looking forward to your answer to because five boys could (laughs) could be potentially chaotic. And so I want to know, what literary classic is your homeschool day most like? (laughs) That's a good one. (gasps) Let me see. I'd have to say, I think Alice in Wonderland, which I know that sounds weird. I think of myself kind of like Alice and going down these different rabbit holes with them. Uh, A little bit of a Mad Hatter tea party going on. (laughs) Lots of just lots of imagination, creativity, and often this sense of it being surreal. Like, wow. This is all happening at once. So yeah, I'd say <laughs> Alice in Wonderland for sure. I love that. I love that description of both the rabbit trails as well as the chaos of a mad hatter's tea party. Oh my gosh. Our kids would really love each other, I think, Amy. <laughs> I think so. I think so. What would you say right now is your biggest homeschooling mistake or regret as you kind of look back on the six years you've been doing this thing? Just one? Okay. Um, I'd have to say... <laughs> The biggest one would be that when we first started homeschooling, I thought we had to finish every single problem on every single page of every single book. And that that's what you did. That's what we did in public school, I thought. And so I thought this is what they had to do to get at this complete education at home. And I quickly learned that that was just not the case and that it was fine to work within the book, outside of the book, and that we didn't have to do everything because they were just learning every day. Yeah, that's a great lesson. And one of those ones that I think would be beneficial to tell every single brand new homeschool mom out there that you don't have, not only do you not have to finish everything, but you shouldn't. Because the truth of the matter is, when I was a third grade teacher in the classroom, we never finished the curriculum. We never finished it because there just wasn't enough time to do everything that the book said. And that's why our educational system and any scope and sequence and course of study, whether it's homeschool or traditional schooling, is set up on that kind of spiral approach where they re-see different topics in the content areas again, because they're expecting them to be to have gaps. Exactly. Yes. And I just feel like if that pressure was removed, it would be so helpful, especially when you're beginning homeschooling, that you just don't feel like you have to do everything. It's, everything is going to be okay. Right. Absolutely. That should be what? hung in every single homeschool mom's kitchen, everything is going to be okay. Trust the Mm -hmm. process. Trust yourself. Exactly. Yes. So what homeschool book? I'm sure you've read a lot because you're kind of that you want to learn everything about everything kind of person, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What homeschool book has most influenced you? 
I would have to say this is more towards like in the homeschooling niche, but I love The Writer's Jungle by Julie Bogart. That book itself just helped me to expand my thinking about homeschooling. Writing has always been a struggle for teaching my boys and in that process with them. And that has just really helped our homeschool blossom and myself as a homeschooler. So you're another brave writer, Mama, huh? Yes, I am. Yeah, I love that philosophy too about just getting it, getting the writing process and the reading and the experiences just all embedded in your homeschool lifestyle instead of broken up into individual subjects. We'll definitely Mm -hmm. put a link to The Writer's Jungle in our show notes because I think that's come up a couple times with a few of the guests that I've recently talked to. So I'm glad to hear you say that you love that style as well. Okay, so tell me fill in the blank, you will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom if your kid can what? If your kids can what? Think outside the box. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Think for themselves. Just because I had worked with troubled teens when I was in the mental health field and then watching my older two, especially because they play both competitive soccer and school soccer, they have to deal a lot with their peers. And I just want to encourage them to think for themselves, not follow the crowd. And just they don't have to follow a specific course, but they can weave in and out and just use their imagination and creativity. Oh, I love that, Amy. That's just like, that's my whole everything. Just thinking outside the box, being creative and critical thinkers and knowing that their way is the exact right way because it's how they were made and being confident in who they are. I just love that. Oh, thank you. Yes, that is definitely my motto. (laughs) This is why we're friends, right? Exactly. (laughs) So I know that there are good days and bad days in homeschooling. I was just recently at an event where I was speaking and I said that homeschooling is parenting on steroids. You get (laughs) all the goods and all the bads amplified. Um, (laughs) Isn't it true? Isn't that a great... Oh, it is very true. We need (laughs) that on a magnet. Yes, yes. (laughs) Homeschooling is parenting on steroids. So how do you, mom of five crazy, chaotic, Mad Hatter, Tea Party-ish boys, turn around a bad homeschool day? I like to call it Dance Party USA. (laughs) I started this tradition in college with friends where we would just crank up the tunes and let loose and like jump and jive and get it all out. So we just have a dance party and it could take two minutes or it could be 15 minutes, but a dance party always seems to turn things around for us. It's hard to be upset or negative when you're just dancing in a crazy way, huh? Oh, yes. (laughs) So I know the answer to this one, but for the benefit of our listeners, are you a planner or do you kind of fly by the seat of your pants? I think of myself as both. I do refer to myself as a hashtag planner girl. (laughs) But I love to shoot from the hip and just run with an idea or something that we're talking about. So I there has to be flexibility within my plans. I leave a lot of buffer room and but I have to have the plans there. So there's a structure and a safety almost like a safety net. Okay, so you plan on paper, right? I think I've seen your planner before. Oh, yes. I have a big happy planner and I have an A5 carpe diem. I could go on and on. But I'm definitely a paper planner girl and that I just, yeah. And then I kind of roll with it. Yeah. Okay. So how, what are some of, besides your happy planner and I don't even know what the other one is because I am not, I am a planner. You've seen my happy planner, but I, um, 
I don't know the names of all the different ones. Do you also use apps or other tools or are you mostly just paper pencil? For our homeschool, paper pencil. Okay. Um, I use the plan your year materials mm-hmm. and I, yeah, so I'm just paper for the homeschool stuff. I have to have it written down. So how about the rest of the stuff, like communicating with your husband to get people where they need to go and, you know, everybody at the practices and their tournaments and keeping the stuff going while the other ones are at home, while you're on the road with a kid. What kinds of things do you use? Do your husband, do you and your husband communicate via paper planner or do you have an online tool you use? We communicate primarily through texting. I give him little reminders and then we use Google Cal. We've been using that and I color code a lot. So (laughs) those two things help. Okay. That makes sense. We started using that. I'm I have to admit, I'm more of a paper planner, but that gets me into trouble because then I forget to put it on the shared Google Calendar. And while the paper planner and the dry erase planner in the family room are all color-coded, then I forget to transfer it to Google and my husband is a smartphone person only. Yes. And so, yeah, I got to work on that. (laughs) Yeah, we have the dry erase calendar that I feel like a majority of the members of our household just walk by <laughs> and ignore. I That's my, my little happy place there. But my husband is definitely digital. So I have to allow for that and try my very best to get it on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So switching gears here for a second, what would your kids say is the best and the worst part of being homeschooled? The best and worst. I would say the best is being together 24-7. And the worst would be being together 24-7 because they all love each other and they they really do enjoy their relationships and their playtime and learning together. And yet they do get on each other's nerves and they just need their space. And I just want quiet so I can read my book. And (laughs) so it's just the best and the worst, I guess. How about for you? What would you say to that same question? I love being with my kids. I love having these special relationships with them that... I, even my friends that have their kids in public school, they'll just say, oh my goodness, I just can't believe how your boys, all five boys, come to you and talk to you about whatever they need to. And I really feel like the root of that is in our homeschool because we do work on conversation and communication skills there. And so they feel comfortable with me. So that is the best part. And the worst part, again, is just trying to go to the bathroom and not have... <laughs> You know, people knocking on the door, mom, 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 I need help with algebra, mom, you know, so combination of that. That's so funny. I saw a meme recently that said, you can call me mom. My full name, though, is mom, mom, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's that's very true. I hear that all the time. So you have a ton going on with five boys and all these schedules and all the other pools on your time as a homeschool mom, a blogger just being a mom and having your own friends and interests and things like that. Why would you say managing those sports and going to all of those things is worth the time you take for it? We're shifting gears to the sports specifically because this Mm -hmm. has been on my mind a lot and we've talked about it, you and I. There are people that say, well, you're so busy, just cut back some stuff. Why mm-hmm. is it so worth doing that running from state to state and having your kids involved in both school sports and travel sports if this is their passion? So for my family, it helps us to grow as individuals and as a family. I myself am an introvert. So 
I would prefer to stay at home with my hot beverage and a book rather than put myself out there with other parents and other families. So with sports, that gets me out there talking to different people at practices and games, tournaments, whatever. For my kids, it's helped them each grow in different ways as well because my 12-year-old is extremely intense and competitive. And he is this channel to work that that physical energy out in a positive way. So it's been really good for him there. He's also introverted. And so it provides him a great way to interact with peers in a common shared interest that he wasn't finding prior to doing these competitive sports. So how do you manage some of that? It gives them the outlets, but I'm imagining that they are tired from practices and you're tired from all the talking because I know as an introvert as well, which people still kind of, and again, you and I have talked about this, but people still kind of are surprised to hear and they're probably surprised Mm -hmm. to hear that you're an introvert too, because I'm on Facebook Live, you're on Facebook Live, (laughs) we're speaking, we're blogging, we're talking to people all the time. But there is a very real need for introverts to recharge by being alone. So how do you manage all that when you're tired, when they're tired from games and travel and tournaments and practices, balancing both your need for solitude and recharging along with homeschooling and keeping the house up and all the different things that have to happen? Personally, I balance it by making time to read every single day. I have my planner that I decorate in or I use, and that just gives me some time to myself that my boys know is sacred, <laughs> that mommy needs her time. My, as far as like helping my boys through being tired, homeschooling just offers this wonderful flexibility that they can sleep in if they need to. I don't have a set time of, okay, we're going to start at 9.05. If they need to sleep in, they sleep in. If we want to make a big breakfast and just reconnect that way, we do that. Because we are often on the go during dinner time. So sometimes breakfast or lunch is the best time for us to have a family meal. So we try to think outside of the box as far as our family schedule. And I think that helps us re-energize and reconnect. And then also another thing that we do is I have the boys, they have buddies. So an older boy will be paired with a younger boy to help them get chores done to get homeschool work done, whatever it is that we need to, when we're going out the door to get coats and shoes on, we have a system in place that just really helps things flow more smoothly with that buddy system. Okay. So there's two things that you just said that I want to talk about. First, the buddy system. Do you have that written up anywhere on your site or anything that we could link to? Or do you want to talk a little bit more about how you set that up with your kids? I don't have that written up. There you go. Um, Post idea. (laughs) Yeah, there we are. I don't. But so how this works is And this was like a natural evolution in our homeschool. But my oldest boy, who's 15, his personality meshes well with my eight-year-old. They work well together. So my oldest will help him, my eight-year-old, with homeschool work if he has questions and I can't get there right away. He also helps him. They do chores together. They are matched up with chores. So on Mondays, they might be in charge of washing and drying dishes. I've just found that because their personalities work well together, there is less likelihood of there being a fight or a clash there. And then my 12-year-old works best with my six-year-old. They have very similar personalities. And so 
we just match off that way. And then my youngest, my three-year-old, he's just follows me around and he's my little <laughs> helper. And so that's how it seems to work. And even just when we have to, you know, we have 10 minutes and we got to get everybody packed up and into the van. My oldest knows that he's going to help my eight-year-old get a snack and water bottle ready and pack a few books or games or toys or something that while we're at the soccer field to keep everybody busy. And so we just have this system that has evolved. That's a great system. And I might be stealing that because that is a struggle to get everybody out the door and ready to go with, like you said, water bottles, snacks and something to do. This is something Mm -hmm. that you say all the time. My kids know we have to get a water bottle and a snack. And yet they're still floundering 20 minutes later, half the time. Yes. The other thing you said that I really love and I want to talk just a little bit about is that idea of the flexibility that homeschool offers families whose kids are involved in something big like tournament sports or in our case right now, we're heavily into community theater. I've got one in a production and another one who opens his show the weekend my daughter closes her show. And so there's a lot of late nights and my daughter had opening weekend this weekend and she slept in today till one because they didn't have a matinee this Sunday. And I know out there, that there are other parents who homeschool primarily because their kids are involved in things that are a little bit different or are unique or are following their passions and are feeling sometimes like everything out there tells them that they have to have the kids at the table by a certain time and do their stuff at a certain time and be done by two o'clock or by lunchtime. And It's not the reality for everyone. And I've talked about it before on my own site that we don't ever start school before noon. We just don't. Mm -hmm. We work better in the afternoon. Two of my kids are very imaginative in the morning and they play beautifully together. My teen needs to sleep in right now. He's going through growth spurts and hormonal changes. And my daughter Mm -hmm. loves to read in the morning. So talk a little bit more, if you don't mind, about that flexibility to help reassure some of those listeners out there who have felt for a long time that they've been doing it all wrong or failing because... They're not getting up with a set structure. So the flexibility with our homeschooling and, and having that competitive schedule, it, it just allows us to be ourselves and to truly enjoy the learning process. And so I've learned that we do a morning time, and but that morning time could be afternoon time. It could be evening time. It could be weekend time. We use that time period to bring together myself and all of my boys to cover certain topics that just they might not address individually in our homeschool. And I found that it was just so much more successful if we just broke out of that morning, I'm doing air quotes here, time, because I think that's a great description for it. However, it doesn't have to just occur at that time of day. You can use, and this is just what we've done, but do it at the end of the day and use it to come together then you might have, okay, so I have two teenagers that are, they're early birds. They like to get up early if they can. And then my eight-year-old likes to sleep in. So I have boys starting their homeschool at different times of day. So some of them start their schoolwork early. Some of them start it a little bit later. But we all know that we come together for our quote unquote morning time. And that's just that time during the day when we all learn together, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. If you don't mind telling us a little Mm -hmm. bit more about, you had mentioned when you first started homeschooling, you had that idea of 
everything had to happen on a certain structure and you had to finish everything. So how has that evolution taken place? What is the difference in your homeschool now that you have this renewed kind of sense of flexibility and value placed on that to help your kids thrive when they're doing so many great things? So right now, compared to the beginning when we first started homeschooling and I felt like we were extremely structured and there was a lot of pressure, we would have a lot of meltdowns. And even though the structure was supposed to work, things were not getting done. And now that we have relaxed and let go and become more flexible, I feel like the learning process flows better. We're able to talk about different things and feel like that's okay. We're not following some strict guidelines. You guys are always on the go. You're doing a lot of different things. You have people on different schedules. Like you said, you've got some that are early morning people, some that are nighttime. And actually, I'm going to digress for a second. Doesn't that sometimes get exhausting too? Like I have two, I have four kids. Two are morning people, two are night owls. And my teen right now always has deep thoughts and deep conversations, <laughs> like at midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And you want to be there for your teens, right? Because they're struggling with lots of different things and you want to be able to pour into them. And whenever they're available or want to talk, you want to take advantage of that. But then when you're talking to a teen till two o'clock in the morning and your four-year-old's still getting up at six or seven, it can be pretty exhausting. Um, so I love, I love the flexibility and the looser structure. You know, you have the structure within kind of a loose guideline for it. But you talk a lot on your site and in your Facebook Lives and in your group, which we will put links to in the show notes, about interjecting your homeschool with lots of fun. How do you manage to do that when you're both on the go, on the road, and at home? Because I imagine that you have found creative ways to fit fun in and learning fun in whether you're gone or home. How do you do that? Can you give us some tips? Yes, I'm definitely a planner and I have to have things prepared ahead of time. I have the materials all gathered so that when it's time, when we have a few moments, whether that's five minutes or 15, that we can make the learning fun happen. And oftentimes that happens during our homeschool morning time that I have it built into that special time of day when we all come together and we just talk about the homeschool fun for the day. So a few weeks ago, for example, we did a dictionary fun day and just talked about different ways to use your dictionary and had learning fun with that. And so it's really just a matter of being prepared and ready for me to be able to make that happen. And you have a really great way for your subscribers to be planned and ready to go with fun at any time. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Right now we have free printable homeschool fun calendars that have easy to do activities, things that you can talk about or craft or just a, a fun way to celebrate their typically nationally recognized holidays. And so, for example, last week was Pumpkin Day. So we did a bunch of different activities on pumpkins and just enjoyed that time. A little bit extra, it supplements the homeschool fun. That sounds great. So we are definitely going to make sure that we link to a place where people can subscribe to your newsletter because those printable calendars are amazing and super easy activities to put into place. All right. So we are now at the part of our show where I'm going to ask you quick five questions. And I just want you to answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready for a pop quiz? Yes, I have my hand on the buzzer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we need a buzzer. That would be fun. Actually, I was just, I was scrolling through Facebook earlier today because, you know, what else do you do on a lazy Sunday morning that you're still yeah. in your pajamas for? And there was this video of cats that had been trained to tap a bell 
and get a piece of food. And there were two sitting side by side and they kept tapping the bell. And then their human's hand would come in and give them a piece of food. And they were like hitting each other's paws out of the way so they could get the buzzer. for It was really funny. So anyway, so you get your buzzer ready and get your little pumpkin okay. hat on like the little kitty cat's hat in the, <laughs> in the video. I'm going to have to share that video. Okay. You just received an Amazon gift card and can spend it on anything you want. What are you spending it on? Oh, that's easy. A karaoke machine. A karaoke machine? <laughs> yes. I had one in college and I had to get rid of it. <laughs> and I love doing karaoke and I want to do it with my boys in our homeschool. So oh, karaoke machine. I love that. That's hilarious. Are you going to get them one for Christmas? I won't tell them. Yes. That's so fun. <laughs> I think I might have just gotten a Christmas idea. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Your favorite family game night game? Scategories. Fun one. I haven't played that in a really long time. I don't know if I still own that. Uh, best way to spend the day with your kids? I like doing crafts, especially with glitter. Oh my which gosh. Which I know that's the bane of Pam's existence, but I love glitter. Ugh. Yeah. I'm right there with Pam on that one. That is not... Fun. Glitter ends up everywhere. I know it does, but I just love it. I just do. Oh, get glitter tape or something so it doesn't like get all over. I do. I have washi tape. That's glitter. (laughs) (laughs) You make me laugh. Okay. What are you reading right now? You for you, not for the kids. Although you can tell me something you're reading to the kids, but what are you reading? Well, it's okay. I am finishing up a series of from Aragon. I'm reading Inheritance. It's an older series Mm -hmm. that like sci-fi kind of thing, fantasy. Cornelia Cornelia Funky or whatever, right? Um, or no, I, I can't really, I think it's Christopher. It is Christopher. We'll find it, but no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading that my 12 year old and I started it together. He's already done, but I'm just finishing up and it's really good. I like it. Yeah. I remember I read that when it first came out. That was written by a 13 year old boy. I know he was homeschooled. Yeah. Well, of course I can believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fill in the blank. I've got to have blank to get me through the day. Coffee. Lots of coffee. (laughs) My kind of girl. (laughs) You're so funny. All right. So I hinted at the beginning. So before I tell everybody where they can find you, I hinted at the beginning that we have a little bit of exciting news, right? Yes, we do. Okay. Do you want to share that news with our listeners? Sure. I will have the honor and privilege of being the guest host for Homeschool Snapshots in the spring. Yay. That's so fun. So for listeners... You've gotten a chance to hear me for a season of episodes here on Pam's podcast, The Homeschool Snapshots, and I will be launching my own podcast all about raising your kids to be lifelong learners come January. And so I will be leaving as guest host here on Pam's podcast, but Amy, who we've had the pleasure of talking with for the last 40 minutes, will be your new guest host. So that is super exciting and you'll hear more from her in the beginning of the year. But in the meantime, I really want you to take the next couple weeks and go over to her site, sign up for her newsletter, get to know her a little bit because she's going to have some exciting things to share with you all. So Amy, will you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, absolutely. Rockyourhomeschool.net is my site. And also we have a fun Facebook group, Rock Your Homeschool. (laughs) That is a continuation of the community and encouragement and support that you can find at rockyourhomeschool.net. It's a super fun Facebook group. And I encourage you all to go and request membership because Amy does regular Facebook lives in there. And so you will have a chance to fall in love with her before you hear her voice on a regular basis. It's a lot of fun to start your day with her. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today with me and taking some time out of your busy schedule. Oh, you're very welcome. It was lovely talking with you. 
Well, there you have it. What a fun episode that was. I love talking with Amy Milsick. She's a great friend, and I know you are absolutely going to love her next season as she takes over as host for the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I want to take a second and just thank you so much for listening in this season and following along with me. I had a blast as your guest host this season, and thank you so much to Pam for letting me hang out with you and take over her show for a couple of months. I hope you'll follow along with me, RaisingLifelongLearners.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter there, there's a sign-up sheet right in the sidebar, and we'll drop it in the show notes here too. You can get all the updates on my show that is launching in January. You can watch for it the second week of January. And we will talk with lots of families homeschooling and not about how they raise their kids to be lifelong learners. Super duper excited to share that with you. We're going to be continuing the conversation with my last four guests from this season of Homeschool Snapshots over on the Raising Lifelong Learners podcast. So I hope you'll come along and hear more from Ori and Kate and Gina and Amy and see what else they're up to with their kids and how they foster a lifelong love of learning in their children. In the meantime, you can get links for all of the things that Amy and I talked about here on this show at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP58. You can find out more about me, like I said, and sign up for my newsletter at RaisingLifelongLearners.com. And we will be back. Well, actually, Amy will be back next season with another great show for you, a fabulous new season, lots of great homeschooling moms to talk to and peek inside the windows of their homeschool. I hope you have a great holiday season, and I will talk to you soon. (laughs) 